Welcome back to the Tim Weichselbaum Show. It is episode 18, and I am four months sober from alcohol. And I'm starting to really remember what I liked about drinking. It's that it turns off the part of your brain that interferes with life being unpredictable and fun and spontaneous. That's what it does. Alcohol turns off that part of your brain. It's like it turns off your frontal prefrontal cortex. Does it really fucking matter if I say the exact scientific term for it? No, it doesn't. Frontal cortex, prefrontal, it's a th- it doesn't matter. I'm not going to ever see it. I'm not going to ever do research on it. The point is that part of your brain gets turned the fuck off. When you're drinking for fun, when you drink, when you drink alcohol, it turns off that part of your brain. That uh, so you do shit that just comes to your head. You 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 act impulsively, like if you just like if you're just driving, and you just decide, you know what, uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna try to bust a U-turn on the highway, in the in the designated lane to do. Like there's such a th- not that sounded crazier than it's not than it than it. Then I meant it this. So you might be driving and then there's this designated lane on the highway to get off and do a U-turn and then get back on the same highway, just going the opposite direction. It's called a Texas U-turn. And they're very common here in Texas because people change their mind a lot and they, they miss their exits a lot. And it's a lot safer to just tell yourself that there's a freaking U-turn lane coming up instead of trying to make a dangerous decision but you might also want to make a dangerous decision while making the u-turn and by uh not slowing down if you're on alcohol you'll be like hey fuck it let's just take this u-turn going 60 let's just see what happens let's see if the car can handle it and it probably won't be able to handle it because the car you see there's this thing called momentum and uh, inertia. So that's another scientific term that you don't think about when you're drunk. So I wrecked my car doing that because I used to be a, a drunk driver. I was a bad person. and uh, It's weird that I thought that that would be okay to do. Like I, th- I just thought, well, I could do, I could handle. No, why would I think that? What kind of fucking, like, pomposity, like, self centeredness does it take to think that you could drive drunk and other people can? well it turns out it's not that hard to drive drunk as long as you don't let your drunk brain make the decisions to which is tough that's the hard part it's like you could tell yourself oh i'm drunk right now i better drive like safe that's possible but after a while you get you get used to it and you go, yeah, but I could, I've been doing it for this long. I've been drunk driving since I started driving, uh, you know, like, a, and then you just go, well, I guess I'm just going to always do this. I just not ever care about how drunk I get behind the, which is insane. And it was working out because I thought I knew my limit. I thought, well, okay. I'm too drunk to drive right now, so I'm going to pull over and wait about 10 minutes and then just continue as soon as the, the, the spins go away. Because that's when you really, even if you're drunk, you tell yourself, I'm too drunk to drive. That's how, fuck, you must be, you have to be, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a catch 20, I don't know what the fuck it is logically. It's like a conundrum. It's like, well, if you're so drunk, you won't care how drunk you are, but at the same time, you could retain some of your, sober thinking brain like common sense even while you're drunk it's complicated the point is is like even any amount of alcohol behind the wheel the reason it's bad is because all it takes is one dumb decision to completely ruin somebody's life or at the very least make a mistake that costs you a bunch of money so I don't do it anymore. I don't know why I did it to begin with. I just thought, I don't know, I'm cool and cool people don't care about the rules. But if I if I killed somebody, 
I, uh, by driving drunk, which often happens when people do that, I would feel bad. Like, I would have felt a lot worse about the situation if somebody died. Nothing happened except for the fact that I lost some of my property temporarily. I had to get I had to get a new car. I just had to pay a fee to get the thing towed like I had to go to the towing yard and pay a fee for some reason to get the car back or so, yeah, that's right, to get the car back into my possession. Then the insurance company took over. They were like, "We got it from here. It's ours now. We'll give you the money." that it costs to buy it as if it was brand new. That's the whole point of insurance. I don't know if you knew that. It's to make it so that if something bad happens, there's no financial uh, consequence. They gave me all the money back that the car would have cost if it was brand new. So I actually made a little bit of money on it because the value, the market value was worth more secondhand than as if you paid, than if, if you got it new for some reason, because there is a fucking waiting list. You know? So that worked out in my favor, but I didn't take it as like a, whoa, yeah, that was an upgrade. Like, no, you fucking idiot. Your insurance, the, the insurance prices go up, I assume. I didn't really notice, t- to be f- quite fair. I actually bought a, like, I, I bought a way more expensive car, and the insurance is only too, like, fucking, $220 a month for $140,000 worth of car. And that's because it's through Tesla insurance. This is really exciting stuff for people who don't care about this at all, which is probably everybody. You know what? I care. That's why I'm talking about this, because I think finances are what all that matter once you hit a certain point in life. It's a like, well... I could join society and actually, like, do things that involve, like, socializing and, like, I don't know, shit like that. Love, like, spreading positivity. But I, that my, my inclination is to just recede from society and just be a fucking hermit who only cares about my own survival and my own financial security. I don't give a fuck about anyone. So anyway... My insurance is only $220 a month for a car that's worth over, like a, a lot of money more than that. Like the car payments, I don't even know what they would be if I didn't pay cash. I don't remember. It would have been like at least 1000 a month or something. So Tesla records everything you do. If you have a Tesla, they know everything you do wrong. If you stop too hard, you know, if you slam the brakes, if you accelerate too much while turning, it'll dock, it'll dock some points from your, from your safety score. And then they automatically start charging you more on the insurance. So my safety score, I just found out, is 97 out of 100. And that took my insurance price from over 300 to now 200 something just because of a couple times that I went out there. And now, since it's 97, it can only go down from there. There's no way I'm going to drive perfectly and get it to 100. I'm not a... To get that, you have to drive like a fucking grandma. Like, you... I didn't accelerate that much while turning, but they said I did. Like, yeah, we got to... The app thought I turned with too much force. It's like... No, I didn't. I turned like a fucking grandma because I don't like the feeling of the the tires like having to like work hard and like it. I don't like turning fast, so I don't want to drive that thing ever again because it'll just jack up my insurance. The more I drive it, I mean, they should charge me more than two hundred a month for that thing, dude. There's no way it's gonna end well. There's no way I'm not gonna crash that thing. It's it's designed to be very unsafe, and it's it's I'm not responsible behind the wheel, so it's an absurd thing to buy. And I knew that this before I bought it, and I kind of want to 
trade it in so I could actually have a car that I'm not afraid to fucking drive. Which is why I got the Miata. I guess why I got two cars. The Miata, I am still pretty afraid to drive that too just because it's so tiny. I don't want to scratch it up. Dude. Uh, who cares, dude? That's life. Things get scratched. And that's why cars are stupid. Like, who? They only. They don't stay perfect. The second you get that thing out of the. the, 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 the take delivery of the fucking thing. It's going to get scratched. It's going to get exposed to the elements eventually. The long, I mean, cars are stupid, dude. They don't. They're too good for the environment that we live in. If we lived in like a plastic digital environment and they were just NFTs that didn't ever get dirty. Okay, cars would make sense. But no, they're just a vessel for depreciation of value and for to think you, you think to, 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 to look cool, to feel cool. That's it. That's the only reason I have the cars I have is to put my arm on the windowsill and feel badass as I'm driving. It's like, hey, look at me. I got my fucking arm on the windowsill. That's the only reason to have a good car. The, all the other ones... You, they work better, but also you look gay. You look less cool than a fucking minivan. So, I don't know. I guess it is worth it to have a nice car, but you should only spend like 10% of your net worth at the fucking most on a car. 10%? I can't believe that's even what people say. I, 10% would uh, on a car? Just something that's going to only depreciate in value. And like, like, I don't know. I don't even need a car. I don't even fucking need one. That's why I have two of them is so I could just feel whole. Like I thought it would fill the void in my life by buying a car. It did for about a day or two, but then I forgot I even had it. It's like, oh, that's right. I have two cars. Now I have to like decide which one to drive. Every time I go somewhere, well, that just made my life more complicated. Not like, okay, pros and cons of driving this car is like, well, you don't got to spend as much money on the gas. If I drive electric, it's cheap as fuck, except I have to drive it like a grandma because my fucking insurance will go up if I don't. Or I could take the Miata, which is easier and fun, but I got to pay more for gasoline. I love the... I mean, the Miata is my daily driver because it just fits anywhere. Like, I, I, I could park it in those small spaces that in parking garages that say small car only. I go, well, that's me, small car. I got a small car. Fits like a glove. In the Tesla, you feel a lot safer, though. It has better safety features, you, you know. I don't know, man. People drive like assholes these days. There's no safety in... You never know when you're going to get into a collision, even if you're driving perfect. Someone else will be the asshole. So anyway, four months sober from alcohol is the thing I started talking about. And and it's going well. Like, I, 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 I'm getting through. I'm trying to develop a personality and like without alcohol. And it's tough because you realize how bad your my personality is when I actually talk to people sober because I realize how boring I am. Like I talk about the weather, or if I'm drunk, uh, I didn't realize how much of an asshole I was when I said the shit I wanted to say. When I'm sober, I still want to say the shit. Like there's still things I want to say. Like, ugh, isn't this dumb? Isn't this thing we're doing? Isn't it dumb? This thing. Like I just like to break it shit apart and talk shit. That's just what I do. Who? But people don't always get that that's what I'm doing. They think that I'm like just being an asshole. It's like, why are you being so negative? It's like, well, because I have Holocaust blood running through my veins. Didn't you? Don't you listen to my podcast? I talk about that all the time. How I got an N-word pass for the Holocaust. I could just say like, Holocaust, please. I could be like, Hitler, motherfucker, suck my dick. I could be like, look at that kike over there. <laughs> I could just be like, I could just be uh, completely anti-Semitic whenever I want, uh, because uh, I come from their ilk, them or their ilk, as in that 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 It's weird. It's weird how like once you become a Jew hater, you just you can't go back to liking them. It's like once you open that can of worms, 
you just start to only notice the things that you don't like about Jews. It's like, oh, that's right. They all kind of, they all kind of look like this. It's like it's gross. Not Jews. It's just gross. Like the thing I'm talking about. Like the fact that hate becomes like this addiction. It's like, well, I'm now a hater because I was conditioned by other people on 4chan to notice patterns. It's like, hey, ever notice how they do this? And then you go, well, I kind of do notice that. And then it builds up. And before you know it, you're just one of them. You're just a racist piece of garbage. And it's, it spreads. It's, a, it's, it's fun. It just brings people together. Hate brings people together. Anyway, so that was a good opener. The point, yeah, so I, I think being sober's been good for me. You know, it's hard, it's hard for me to get on board with, like, communism or anything that attacks the rich and powerful. Like, if, you know, like how I was just talking about being racist towards Jews or whatever. A lot of people are racist towards uh, just people with uh, wealth and power. Like, that's who they hate. Like, you even notice how rich people all kind of like laugh a certain way like they have like a rich laugh like ha 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 that's a how a rich asshole laughs they just don't don't you just fucking hate how they don't have to pay as many taxes well i'm not i can't get on board with that bandwagon because i want to be one of those people i want to be rich and powerful and a jew while i'm at i also want to be among the Jews who run the banks, because why not? I'd be good at it, so fuck you. So so I can't get on that bandwagon, because I like wealth. I like being around it. I like accumulating it and talking to other people about finance and like all the fun little ways that you could make money just by putting money in the right place. It's like, okay, if you put your money in this bucket here, it'll become bigger if you put it here it won't as much it still will you'll still get more wealthy but not as much if you put it in this arbitrary place i fucking i love that idea of of just manipulating the market to become arbitrarily wealthy who the fuck wouldn't like that it's like oh you're just gonna work for sums of money that you actually like for the fair market value of, of what you put in at the give it no 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 that's for poor people that's for suckers those suckers can hate us all they want meanwhile look at us we got our own bathtub we got a gold-plated fucking bathtub i don't know man having gold <laughs> like literally having gold it doesn't is it's not as fun as it looks like it, like having just like a fucking brick of gold. Never I take that back. I think the problem is that I don't have enough because I I do have like a little bit of gold, but it's all it like it, it it's like a domino. It's not like a brick of gold that would probably make me happier if I just had a fuck brick of gold like just right here just at all times like i would just wake up you know what today i'm not feeling so good but at least i got a fucking brick of gold <laughs> okay like at least i made it at least i got something in life that has intrinsic value no matter how bad i feel about myself hey at least i got a fucking brick of gold just lying around I'm a fan of Warren Buffett, like a big fan of his, uh, and all he did to win me over was not die and be rich. That's it. He just was a very savvy investor as a young person. He, he, uh, he made some good investments. He took over some companies. He tried running a company and realized, you know what? Fuck textiles. I'm just going to invest in other people's companies do nothing besides that and be rich and live in omaha and play bridge all fucking day and just get as get as old as humanly possible and retain life 
because of the fact that I have so much wealth. That's what's keeping him alive. Most, I mean, fuck it. He should be dead by now. Most people don't live to be 91, but the ones who have a shitload of money, they have a reason to live, baby. That's what I was talking about, the gold. It's like, even if I'm fucking mentally bereft of, of life, like just dead inside, which is a phrase that I love using. I love, the, I love that, that you could be dead inside, but still alive. There's some beauty in that. It's like, it's like, why are you still here if you're dead inside? Shouldn't you just kill yourselves? Like, well, yeah, yeah, I probably will someday. So that's the thing. It's like, I, what? The only thing keeping me here is something very like minute. For people that are dead inside, they go, like, there's got to be something keeping them alive, and it could be. Just one thing. It could be just like, well, I don't know. It's nice out today. Or uh, I have a dog. Something like that. That's what's keeping some people alive, and they're just hanging by a thread. So if there's something beautiful about that fact, because that shows that they have very low expectations for life. So if something really good happens to them, which probably won't, but if it does, like, I don't know, they they make a bunch of money from the crypto markets, then they'll actually take it for what it is. They will appreciate it more. Like if someone's dead inside and they meet somebody who gives them a purpose in life, they will actually appreciate it. That's why it takes so long for some people to become successful at something. It's because they, they didn't really want it at the beginning. Maybe they did at first, but then they realized how draining it was and how little it gave them in returns for what they put in so they just got burnt out and then they stopped really wanting it and then once they went through a certain amount of bad life events it piled up and they now uh, realize how good it would be to actually have success so then they they approach it in a way that's realistic and when they get a little bit of success, they actually like appreciate it, and then that makes them even more hungry to get more. And then they become successful as fuck, and then they, they get bored of being successful in that particular way, so they do something else. And then they go through another depression or something, because success is finite, the feeling of success is finite. You might be successful, like is like in perpetuity, in perpetuity. Like like in twenty years, you make a, a billion dollars, and it keeps going up. You make two billion, and then three billion, and so on. But that that's boring. It's like okay, I made four billion dollars last year, but I also but so I already got a billion. Like what what's the fucking fun in that? If you already are a billionaire, I don't get it. I feel like once you hit that level of security, it gets boring. Like that, I would, I would want to try to do it again. It's okay. I made it to a billion. I'm gonna give it all away and start from scratch. Nobody's ever done that. There's people who've given away their money, but not all, not all of it. Like there's this one example of a billionaire that gave away like all except for maybe like forty million to keep that last 40 million you better hope that that lasts through the rest of your life because you ain't gonna want to go from being a billionaire to being a fucking uh broke person that just sounds really really bad it's really hard on the on a person's psychology psycho psychiatric health to go from wealthy to completely broke like Jordan Belfort. That dude was worth hundreds of millions from, I don't know what, pump and dump schemes, penny, penny stocks or something. And now he had to pay, he got fucking fined for like $112 million. And he never paid it back, I don't think. So he's worth a negative $100 million. That's his net worth. That's fucking... De how the fuck does he get out of bed, dude? Like, like, 
I know he does get out of bed. He's not depressed. I know he's healthy. He works his ass. He works out, dude. He's fucking ripped. But he's worth negative $100 million? I'm going to have to interview him and ask him how he, what is motive, what gets him out of bed in the morning? And then there's like Bernie uh, Madoff. He's dead, but he had a fun life because he fucking, also, he ran a Ponzi scheme, like the biggest Ponzi scheme of all time, and managed people's, you know, money that was worth billions. And he obviously was just scamming people, it turns out. So he not only lost all the money that he had, he also became a criminal and everyone talked shit about him. How the fuck did he last as long as he... That was before... He was definitely the type of person that would have Epsteined himself, but you didn't hear... I don't think that's how he died. I think he died of natural causes, but if anyone should have, like, killed themselves in prison, Bertie Madoff, what a, what a psychopath. That's the crazy part. That he didn't kill himself after like becoming a financial criminal. How does that work? That's something I gotta find out, dude. Because I know people that are have not been arrested for that, who have killed themselves, dude. Like how the fuck? There's people with some pretty good lives that still are suicidal. What's that? How's that work? Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about mental health. Is uh, it doesn't care how good you are relative to other the human brain doesn't care about other brains like it doesn't connect to a network of brains and and sees like oh i'm doing better than others so therefore i'm gonna concoct a chemical reaction called happiness it doesn't do that it can only go by its own it can only compare itself to its own state and if you're doing well it doesn't fucking matter you could still be like that's crazy isn't that crazy that you could be like living an excess life and being more depressed than a DoorDash driver who's delivering you the, the wealthy person food at 4 a.m. because you're so unhappy with yourself that you don't have a norm that you're just up at 4 a.m. on any given night. That DoorDash driver might be like, who the hell is this guy that I'm driving to at 4 a.m. to dump off a bunch of unhealthy snacks in this nice... I'm not talking about myself. I don't live in a nice, super nice neighborhood. But if I did, I would definitely still get DoorDash delivered at 4 a.m. And then I would interview and I'd be like, hey, DoorDash driver, what do you think of this situation that you're in? Delivering Oreos to a fucking mansion at 4 a.m. Should we trade lives? How about that? That's what I would do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trade lives with a DoorDash driver. Okay, you could be me. You could take everything, take all my possessions, and then tell me how it's working out. I'll be a, I'll be a fucking DoorDash driver. I won't even keep the car. I'll I'll use your shitty car and I'll see if my life improves. And then I'll check in with them a year later and then I'll see how they're doing. And I'll probably they'll be they'll be like, "Well, it's been a year. Your house is pretty awesome and I am doing great. I don't know how the fuck you didn't enjoy this. You're just a fucking you just are fucked up. I th- I think you just had a fucked up childhood." Because, uh, having, yeah, dude, being a DoorDash driver sucks, dude. And then I, who knows, man, if I would even make it a year as a DoorDash driver. I think I could do it. But what's the point? What would I get from that? Like, what's the prize for being a DoorDash driver for a year? You're just in the gig economy grinding and and delivering. Like, it's not a hard job. It's just fucking, you go to restaurants, you pick up the right meal, the right bag with their name on it and you drop it off you, you know big what's that hard what's the hard part it's just a grind it's just it's repetitive it's not fun it's not personal like they don't fuck it you know no one wants to be a doordash driver no one's dream is to be a fucking delivery boy 
we it's one of the most need necessary jobs that we have right now because there's fucking people like me that don't want to leave their house because that would mean entering society so we have these people that help people like me stay out of society but they give us what we need to survive outside of society it's nice it's a great it's great that everybody that there's a rising market for people that want to be left the fuck alone there's a huge market for people that have realized thanks to social media and the internet at large like you know what I just want to be the fuck alone for the rest of my life and just die and that's it. Just move on. Just anyone I don't care about. That's why family has value because you realize after a certain point, it's like, you know what? I don't care about anyone from high school. I don't keep in touch with any of them. Why did I care so much about what they thought of me? That was a waste of mental energy. What the fuck was I giving a fuck about what these people give a fuck about? I don't even talk to them anymore. I don't even look at them. So then, they, so you realize, well, the only thing I give a fuck about is the things I actually give a fuck about, which is very, very few people. And they tend to be the ones that I either came from in the same womb or whatever, shared a womb with, like my siblings. I would care about them. Like if they needed help or something, they're one of the only people on the planet that I would even consider lifting a finger for or something. Like, and then, and then there's the people that I would create. If I created a family, oh, you fucking better believe I would care about them. There's no one else to care about. Oh, I care about some fucks that I met in high school. No. Fuck, they got their own shit to worry about. Nah, dude, it's all about family and some friends, I guess, just because friends could be cool. I don't have any because I just never really, dis- I never really got good at that. Like I'm a extremely introverted person, and there's a lot of people like me that also don't have a lot of close friends for the same reason. They're super introverted. They don't like people. They don't like the dumb things they say. That the judgment. That always comes from people, even if they're not trying to be judgmental. I'm judgmental. So that's. But if you have a good person that you want to keep around, that's also value. That's something that's almost as valuable as fucking family. Could be even more valuable. Like if you have a solid partner, like Warren Buffett. Buffett. He's got a partner that he's had for like 70 years. His name is Charlie Munger. And that dude is also just still alive because money exists. He's 98 years old, still quick as a whip, still has all his mental faculties. And why the fuck is he alive? Is it good genetics? No, it's it's money. Not literally like money is what is extending his life because of medical treatments that are available to him. It's It's a mental thing. It's the fact that he knows he has so much money to spend that he doesn't want to die. Why would you just die if you have all that money saved up? It's like, no, dude, I'm going to fucking stay alive. The second I lose it, then I'll think about dying. So that's what that's if you get any so that's the bottom line uh, is that's all that matters in life is money and family and a couple friends here and there, like some good close friends and partners, business partners, so it's not everyone else who gives a fuck. They're not going to do anything for you. They're they're just gonna talk shit, and talking shit if it isn't even that bad of a thing to have happen to you, because as long as you have family and friends that don't, that you know, as long as there's some that don't talk shit. So anyway, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of Martin Shkreli. Remember him? Remember Martin Shkreli, the dude, the finance bro who started raising the prices of uh, some drug that his company provide you know sold or created manufactured he started jacking up the price of some drug like he made a huge price increase and that caused a lot of people to hate him he got like a lot of bad press and people hated him because he like smiled a lot like he was super smug 
I fucking love him, dude. Because he looks like me. He's everything I want to be, except for a criminal. I don't want to go to jail for being a fucking uh, financial criminal. But it's fucking hard not to. How do you not accidentally inside trade? Are you kidding me? It's like, oh, I know that the price of this stock is definitely going to drop because of a thing that the company's going to do that only I know. Of course I'm going to fucking sell my stock and probably, you know. I think that's all it takes to be an insider trader. I don't, I don't know, actually. But if that's all it takes to be an insider trader and be a felon is to just sell a stock before other people do because you know something about the company that other people, that's all it takes, then yeah, I'm probably going to do that. Excuse me for being a Nancy Pelosi, but that's just something I'm probably going to do at some point in my life. Uh, if, if, the, if things go well, if, if I play my cards right, if I get in the position, you got to be a fucking, you got to work hard to get into a privileged position to manipulate finances like that. And to begin with, you got to be a whale, a whale. So anyway, fucking Mark is screlly. People fucking hated him. Like he was one of the first people to be canceled. Not that he got canceled. He just got arrested for insider trading. But the thing he did with the pharmaceuticals, if you actually like look into his side of the story, he didn't do anything fucking wrong. Like he saved, he didn't save people's lives. He did maybe say, I don't know, indirectly save people's lives by selling the, by manufacturing the fucking drug. Actually, I don't know if he, how that works. I don't know if he manufactured the drugs or just owned the patent or, or something. My understanding is that he raised the prices for a drug, but his reasoning for, for why he did that was so he could make money to improve the drug for R&D. He needed millions and millions of dollars in funding to produce a better drug. It costs a lot of money to research and to develop a fucking drug. So that's why he needed the money to make a better drug because the one that he raised the prices on was not a great drug. It was a necessary drug. It's all they had, but it was not a perfect drug. It had a bunch of bad side effects and shit like that. So his goal in the long term was to phase out that drug with a better one that he produced using the money that came from, you guessed it, insurance company. He, didn't, he wasn't charging the patient that much money per pill, however much it was, like 700 a buck, $700 per pill or some crazy astronomical price. That wasn't going to the patient. That was going to the insurance companies. That was his reasoning. And he said, he's like, if there's a patient on the fucking planet, anywhere on the planet, that is not able to afford the drug, he will just give it to them. So it wasn't to be evil to the end user who actually was, you know, needed the fucking drug to save their life. It was to, it was a business strategy so he could make a better drug. He wasn't trying to kill people. He said that at least, and I believe him because, I don't know, everything's not black and white, maybe? Like, oh, I don't know, maybe he wasn't like a purely bad person? Uh, yeah, he wasn't doing it just for, uh, greed. He was doing it to progress medical science and that takes, that's business. You know, most stuff that is discovered by science is not done so out of pure fun or curiosity. It's done by a business because they want to make more money. That's the whole point. Like, you know, not everything that can exist exists yet because there hasn't been a uh, business uh, model behind it. That's why, you know, that's why it's taken marijuana so long to become fully legal. It's because it's it grows in the fucking ground. There's no not a lot of room for profit there if it doesn't take one specific patent or, you know, if, if capital capitalism cannot succeed around something, there's no incentive for it to be legalized. 
That's fucking simple logic. So Martin Shkreli, he's my fucking, he's one of my uh, role models. He should be freed from prison. Because what did he do? He fucking insider traded. Let me see. I don't know if that's what he actually did. I'm just going by my, my memory. And uh, who the fuck knows, dude. He's in federal correctional institution. He's in federal prison. Which is probably better than uh, non-federal prison. I mean, to be honest, that's probably a better place to be if you're a white-collar. You don't want to be with fucking neo-Nazis when you're in prison. Dude. I, I, you want to be around them when you're not in prison because they're a fun hang and they, they're, they're funny jokes. But you want to be able to like leave the bar that you're in when you're with them. The American Legion bar. You don't want to fucking stay there forever. So anyway, he was uh, he was charged and convicted in federal court uh, on two counts of security fraud and one count of conspiring conspiring to commit security fraud. Um, this was unrelated to the diaprim to the thing I was talking about the raising of the price. This was completely unrelated. So so he was sentenced to seven years damn and when was this because this is already a couple of years back this was uh yeah this was like fucking 2017 i believe is when he got sentenced so i don't know dude he's gonna be out pretty soon and he's gonna be on this fucking podcast and we're gonna be fucking giving each other virtual high fives about fucking pharmaceutical companies and how the fucking capitalism is fucking awesome how he's gonna get right back into it I don't know. I don't know the full details. Of, but yeah, he raised the price of Diaprim from 13.50 to 750. $13 to $750. That sounds bad on paper. But if you're that means you're a fan of, if you really give a fuck about that $750, you're just a shill for insurance companies. Like why do you care about insurance companies paying that much? Why are you a shill? them it's a weird hill to die on but anyway what was the what was the actual crime that he committed that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to figure figure out he was arrested for federal indictment of the u.s blah blah charged him with securities fraud charges were uh filed after investigation of his tenor as a mtv capital and retro friend he ran his company like a ponzi scheme where he used each sub subsequent company to pay off Defrauded investors from the... Oh, okay. That is not insider trading. Never mind. He's a scumbag. I just changed my mind on him. Yeah, Ponzi schemes are scum. Scummy. Like, they're fun if you're the one... If you're the one running a fucking Ponzi scheme, it's fucking awesome. You just get all this money deposited and you just hope that nobody comes after you. For nothing. You don't provide a product. Nothing. You're just a scumbag. Lying to people. Scamming people. So yeah, okay. If that's what he was doing, then fuck him. He could still be on the podcast, though, because I'm sure that's just another thing that I'm that I'm uh, misinterpreting. I'm too. Qu I'm just misjudging the situation, just like people do with the diap, with the uh, diaphragm, whatever diaprim, whatever the fuck it's called. Just like that. He probably has an explanation, just like like with you know like how with Trump, there'd always be like a news story that would come out that says, "Oh, look what Trump did! Look what he said! Did you hear he said that?" And then you look into his point of view, and then he's and then he's like, "No, no, I didn't do that. Look at it from this. No, that's, those are losers who said." And then you go, "Oh, okay, never mind. He's not so bad after all." It's like you know, you just gotta hear it from the horse's mouth sometimes before you just jump on the bandwagon of hate i'm also a fan of jake paul same thing for the same reasons that i'm a fan of all these other people jake paul is just an inspirational dude a lot of not a lot of people compare him to abraham lincoln but i could see him being the next abraham lincoln he's just a very humble soft-spoken 
Like he knows how to be measured and and just he brings opposites. He just knows how to communicate to people from all hemispheres. He will he Jake Paul will probably be the next person to end slavery. That's just how I feel about him. But not to put him on a pedestal or anything. Not to like, you know, be dramatic. That's a pretty dramatic thing to say about somebody. That's pretty high praise. Pretty high praise. I've been uh, feeling sorry for myself for being like lonely and like for not being in society. But then I dip my toes back into it, you know, for like a day. And then I realized society fucking sucks, dude. I was right to distance myself. Like that feeling of like withdrawing and like being like, you know what? I just want to be alone. Fuck people. That was the right. That's always the right move. So what's with people that actually enjoy like driving to work every day, like having to share things, like share the road, you know, like having to be in a uh, work environment with other people that they would never fucking never in a million years want to be associated with like they have they always complain about their co-workers it's like you know that's a choice you made a choice to do that do people not realize that do they not remember the interview that they signed up for i don't know man because it is a decision i mean you could just live on a fucking beach and be a beach bump it's not not that hard to survive outside of society so i don't know why people do it and but i you know i kind of respect it i would like to be in a uh, toxic work environment just for fun just because it is fun for the people doing the toxicity it is kind of fun it is fun to talk shit it is fun to like try to compete with people and it's fun to like be like hey let's do a work party Let's throw a work party because it's somebody's uh, 20-year anniversary of, of working here. Since since that is such a soul-sucking thing to have done for so long, let's throw a fucking party. And that won't make up for all the shitty things that they had to go through. But, hey, it's better than giving them a fucking raise. No. I would also give people a raise if I... Did if I because I think compensation should be disproportionately high compared to somebody's value as an employee, just to keep them in the job. Like you should pay somebody more than they're worth. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you? Why would you pay them more than they're worth? Well, it's because their loyalty is worth more than anything. Oh, like capens like okay. F- profit, yes, we ultimately need to be profitable. You shouldn't pay them more than they're making for the company. That doesn't make sense. That's why the, the ideal business model is a hedge fund. Hedge funds, the manager gets paid like 1% of all the money that's invested no matter what. Even if the hedge fund loses money, they still get paid 1% of all the money for the whole year that, that is invested that goes to them. That's insane. That's why it's awesome. That's why it's a fucking great business model for them, for the hedge fund owners, not for the fucking... For the investors, depends on the hedge fund. Just another way to make money from doing nothing, dude. It's like, let's just accumulate interest on nothing. Anyway, I don't feel sorry for myself that much because I made the right decision. Leaving society was the right decision, dude. If anything, I should have left it even more. I like Amazon delivery. That's the only reason I live on a ranch, dude. If I live on a ranch, I don't know. Like, you got to be connected somehow to uh, the hospitals if something goes. I don't know. Dude, like, living on a homestead has its limits. You can't get internet. You can't. You can't get dental care you got to drive like a hundred miles if you want to go to the dentist 
I don't know. Maybe it is because you can't just leave society completely. That has not been invented yet. Like crypto has, you know, there's only so much that the Internet can provide and and, uh, society is needed in some small ways. Like also religion, religion. What if you just want to go to church? What, you just going to do your own church in your backyard? That'd be lonely. That'd be lame. That's the only reason uh, towns exist is because there has to be a place to congregate for church. Otherwise, we would all, we would all just live on a farm. Cities are dumb. Okay, so right now I'm recording this at uh, 7 a.m. <laughs> I woke up at, I don't know, 2 a.m., some shit like that. I, I live on the edge of glory. And so that's what I'm recording. And right now the crypto markets have taken a nice downturn because of Ukraine getting bombed by Russia. Thank you, Russia, for bombing Ukraine because now is a great time to invest in crypto. You could pretty much look at any coin on the marketplace, on the exchanges, whatever, on the top 100 coin market cap for example you know let's just pull up the coin market cap okay bitcoin is down nine percent in the last 24 hours alone in the past seven days it's down 18 percent dude that means it could just as easily go up back up to 18 percent and you'll make 18 percent returns on that investment do i recommend doing that not with all your money, but yeah, with some money, yeah, sure. You could invest in Bitcoin. You could invest in uh, Solana. I, that's down 13% in the last 24 hours, dude. Cardano. Cardano is at $0.76 cents a piece when just three months ago or some shit like that. Uh, it doesn't say. Oh, yeah, three months ago was about was already November. It was at a dollar fifty. It's not that much. It peaked at uh okay five months ago. It was at fucking three dollars almost anyway the point is now's a great time to purchase crypto if you have money to invest with. Like don't sell your don't do something crazy. Most people don't have money just lying around to invest in crypto. That's why it's like that's why nobody gives a fuck. That's why like only me, people like me are excited about this. Is because I have money some money to invest in crypto that I made from selling crypto when the price was up. Last year the price went up dramat like crazily. So I sold crypto for US dollars. And I still have some of that U.S. dollars. Now I could buy more crypto. And then hopefully the market will have another good surge. And I'll be like, okay, that was good. That was a good move. I'll sell more. And the cycle will repeat. That's a many-year-long commitment. Just like, uh, oh, I don't know, being a fucking father, being a dad, being a provider, being a fucking head of a household being a being a somebody who starts a family that is a multiple decade long commitment at at best minimum hopefully at minimum if you you know so you got to be like Warren Buffett if you want to start a family which means you can't be hung up on the day to day i mean okay sometimes you do have to be hung up on that's why it's fucking hard that's why being a good parent is hard. Because it's way different than just being a, a long-term investor where you don't have to zoom in on the day-to-day, intraday, like, markets. Plays. Like, okay, the price is... What is the price t- in the next 15 minutes? Who cares? If you're a long-term investor, you don't have to be concerned with what the price is doing on a fucking 15-minute 15 15 candlestick. 
That's different with being a fucking dad. With being a daddy, you have to look at it from both perspectives. You have to look at the day-to-day, how's my kid doing today, and how's my kid doing in general 10 years from... You can't just be checked out like so many fathers like to do and just be like, yeah, talk to me in 20 years. I don't want to look at you now. I don't care if you have like a fucking, if you stub your toe. What do you want me to do about it? I'm only here to provide you with a stable household for 18 years, approximately. I don't care what happens on the day-to-day. Oh, did did your friend... Did you get bullied at school? Talk to your mom. That's her job, to take care of the day-to-day. I am just looking at the zoomed-out charts. Talk to me about how you're doing, like if you want to get, I don't know. What does a dad, like how does a dad run, you know, influence their kids if they only care about the year-to-year like okay, how do I how do I be a dad if I'm only gonna care about the long term effects of parenting? Like, okay, my kid are they successful yet? Are they ready to move out? Yes or no? That's all I give a fuck about. And that's true. That really is pretty much all most fathers care about. Is my daughter a whore? Is my son a bitch? That's it. That's all you care about. Is my son a loser? Is my girl a whore? I don't care. I don't care what happens in between. What do I have to do to prevent my daughter from being a whore? Okay, I'll do that. I'll do whatever that takes. (laughs) That's tough, dude. I'm telling you, that's why it's so hard to be a good dad. It's because you have to care about the day-to-day and the the year-to-year. You have to be a provider for every fucking year and you have to care about the microscopic things that could go wrong to your kids on the day-to-day. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be able to do that. That's being a superhero. That's why you need a two-person household minimum. There should be three-person households, three-parent. Why not? Why not? What's wrong with a third wheel? Nothing, you know, there's that phrase, there's that saying, oh, I felt like such a third wheel because I was hanging out with a couple. So I was just there while they were being a couple. Well, maybe they might need you. Maybe they could use a third fucking spouse to raise their kids. So don't knock it until you try it. There's a lot of cooks and you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. I think that's why two is like the magic number. I don't know though, dude. I mean, like, they don't have to be like an official part of the couple for them to be helpful in the household. That's why nannies exist. Sometimes you just need somebody in the household, like a butler, like a nanny, to raise the damn kids. Because who the fuck is a father? Wants to be providing the the money, take care of the finances, take care of the shit that breaks around the house and making sure the kids are fucking emotionally centered and all that shit. That's why housewives exist. That's why it's not such a bad thing to be nostalgic for the 50s, dude. That's why, you know, sometimes you do have to be a patriarch because it's tough to do that alone. Single fucking parents, they have to be a provider and an emotional uh, regulator mentor for their kids. Good fucking luck doing that. I could see you doing that like maybe one day out of the week, but what about the seven other days in the week, the six other days? In the, I know how many days there are in a week. The fuck do you do that, dude? It's like you get burnt out. You get burnt out. That's a full-time fucking job. It's harder than a full-time job because you're also doing a full-time job to make the money to provide for the fucking household. It's like, okay, let's go. Let's do groceries. Let's go to the grocery store. Oh, my kid is insecure about something? They got bullied at school? I don't have time. 
Maybe once a week I'll have time for that. Even if you have everything paid for, you got a butler, you got a net, you got somebody to run the groceries, get groceries, take care of the cars, like everything taken care of. Still, who the fuck just wants to hang with their kids all the time? Dude, nah, you would be an absentee father for at least some of the time. Because who wants to be around kids all day? So don't knock it until you try it. Don't knock bad fathers. I mean, sure, some of them deserve it. But there's no such thing as like a fucking somebody who could just be a perfect father for 20 years or whatever, how fucking long. Because it's not possible. It's just not possible. I'm sorry, dog. Maybe it is if you got all the money in the world. I don't know. Like even like Steve Jobs, like Amazon, uh, Jeff Bezos. Now he could be a good father because he's got all the money in the world. Like anything that could possibly be a problem, he could just wave a magic. Like, okay, one of, I have a chain of command. I have many assistants that have assistants that have assistants. There's a chain of hierarchy all I have to do to that I the only thing that I have to s- expend mental energy on is my kids. Even then, it would get boring, dude. It's like, okay, I'm a super good father. I'm probably you're still probably gonna fuck up. You're still probably gonna raise like a narcissist, or like they they, they, they It's tough. So anyway. We're, we're we're wrapping up. I kept all. If I kept all the Bitcoin that I ever purchased my whole life since I started using Bitcoin, I would be arbitrarily wealthy. I'd be like worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I do sometimes think about that. Like I kick myself. Like why didn't I just keep a couple hundred Bitcoin? It wouldn't have been anything to keep that much. Well, it's tough. It sounds easy on paper to just hold money you know to hold bitcoin for example like people say just hold man just hold on to it don't do anything with it just hold hodl it's harder than it sounds because what if it goes up in value by ten thousand percent like what if your position in bitcoin goes up from a hundred dollars to a hundred thousand dollars you're just not gonna sell that Yeah, no, you are. You're going to sell that. You're not just going to let it sit as unrealized gains. So you're going to sell it, and then what? What if it goes to 20,000% or whatever, 50,000%? That 100,000 worth of Bitcoin is now worth 500,000. Well, holy shit, you're going to feel pretty dumb for selling at 100,000. But what the fuck? You should have just told yourself, oh, it'll go up even more. No. It's it's crazy to think that it wouldn't just keep going up and up and up. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to sell some of it when it goes up. Because it could always go up more. If it goes down, okay, whatever. That's you, you Just don't sell all of it. You should take some profit. Don't sell all of it. That's my only advice that I've learned in the past 10 years from being in crypto for 10 years and uh yeah bitcoin for i don't know i've been a full-time crypto head since 2017 blah 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 let me boy i gotta learn how to play bridge dude because that's what my role model my idol fuck roll he's beyond a role model warren buffett does for all his most of his time he just sits in omaha one of the shittiest boring most boring cities in the country and just plays bridge all fucking day dude and that's another thing you do when you have money because you don't want to lose your health. You can only go, you, know, you can only decline in health as you age. So why accelerate it by not playing bridge? That's why he plays bridge, dude, because playing bridge, you're going to probably not get killed. You're going to probably not get a head injury from a game of bridge. That's why I don't see a lot of billionaires on motorcycles. Like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking billionaire, dude. I'm going to ride my Yamaha. I'm going to go 200 miles an hour on the Autobahn. Because I'm a billionaire and life is short. No, fuck that, dude. Life is long. 
when you have a billion dollars. <laughs> so anyway, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about life, and uh, I'm ready to be a dad. That's important. That's the fucking point. My life, it's gone well. I'm stable. It's time to be a dad. I, 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 I got the urge to raise some youngins. I want to be involved in their lives. I want to show them how to be, and I want to help them when they are having something that they got to deal with. Like, oh, I don't know, maybe they just got hurt. I will fucking buy them a Band-Aid. I'll give them Tylenol. I will make them feel better because I got the free time and nobody gives a fuck about middle-aged men, which I almost am. I am almost going to be middle-aged. Nobody gives a fuck about a single middle-aged fucking man. They don't fucking matter unless they have kids. Then they kind of matter. Then they only kind of matter. They have kids. They only matter to their kids. Because they have kids. They don't fucking matter to anybody else. It's like, oh, look at that dad. That's why dads are so... That's why they have such mund... That's why they have, like... They just hang around. Because they have kids. They have nothing else. They have no other reason to be alive. So if I hope you... I, I fucking hope you learned something from this episode. I will see you next week. And have a good day.